Hello everybody, it's me, Matt again. Welcome back to Matt's podcast. And today, we're going to be talking about black comedians. With my co-host here today, Miss Cody. Hello everybody. So for this segment today, we're going to be talking about Eddie Murphy's controversy. Um, it's a, it's a pretty bad controversy, to be honest, because, like, this man is a very, very, very homophobic, very scared of um, homosexuals as a person. Um, I don't know, this might be, like, too disturbing for people, but it, we're going to talk about it a little bit today. You want to go into it, Miss Cody? Yeah. Um, he... He was actually one of the groundbreakers um, for African-American comedians in the 80s. Mm-hmm. I remember there was a lot of like bootleg copies of his Raw special, which was in 1987. And uh, that had a lot of homophobic um, messages in it. Um, it was really hard to listen to now. Yep. Um, in the present day and age, it was a little disgusting and disturbing. Yes. And back in the day, like, people, they didn't seem to mind it. They actually, you could hear people laughing in the oh, audience. Yeah, totally. They just sat there, like, it, I think the, like, majority of the audience was just, they were probably, like, shocked. Most of them were shocked, but mm-hmm. they were just, oh, he's just, it, it's, it's normal to bring that up. Nowadays, like, it's very controversial because people think differently and we live in like we live in a world a woken world right yeah in a more society where it's like centralized to actually have awareness around that and like another thing is is like people like eddie murphy freaking douchebag i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) but it's like people like him they're the reason why like we can't have a normal society and it's like it's really sad because like it just took so long to get over that, yep. to get like through that and work through it as, you know, mm-hmm. as people do. 
we figured out, hey, that's not right. Like, what the heck is wrong with you? Mm -hmm. And so did he. And I feel like he's repaired his reputation. Yeah. Um, but then he had another controversy. Ooh, in 1997. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, oh, my God. Do, do we even want to? No, you can research it on your own. Yeah, we can, it, it, yeah, we can leave that out. <laughs> that it was a scandal, and he claimed he was a good Samaritan, and it it, it was very disturbing. That's <laughs> and at that time, he was doing movies that like centered around like family friendly yes, type right. things. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I don't. And he, I don't know. It was like he had he had this whole career. Yep. As a comedian, making mm. movies, you know, he was, everything was great. Coming to America, um, other movies like that, Del Delirious, 48 Hours, things like that. And then... Everything went downhill. Right. But then he came back. Yeah, he came he back. He came back that. again. I don't he know. He was like, he, I don't know. And then he did like The Nutty Professor. Norbit. And Norbit. I you love do that it. movie. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> This is such a good movie. But, like, it's respect the um, the creativity. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't respect him as, an, as a person, person, but oh, as yeah. an artist. Oh, yeah. And sure. what he does. Like, his movies are legendary. But as for that, you know, Eddie Murphy Raw, that was too much. I just remember listening to it. Like, my brothers would be watching mm -hmm. it. And I'd sneak in and be like, get out, get out. And mm -hmm. I'm like, why? What's wrong? And then I'd hear it. Oh, oh, oh. I was like, this is naughty. I was maybe like 10. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was terrible. Yeah, this is way before my time. I wasn't even born, so. <laughs> mm -hmm. oh, but he, like, he pretty much, he paved the way for so many other comedians because he was just so outspoken, mm -hmm. did not care who he offended. Oh, yeah, he didn't give it. Oh, he yeah, didn't give a, right. He didn't care. He didn't give a let hoot. Me, let me read. That. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't care. Um, yeah, the reading his segment is unbearable. Mm -hmm. I don't want to put that on the podcast because no. I don't want anybody. it was. It's shock value. It's yes. shock value. And when you go into the next comedian, you'll see, you know, shock value is a thing, and people can have their own opinions. It's a free country, free speech, blah blah blah. But some of that stuff is hurtful and just. It sucks. It does suck. Mm -hmm. But that's it for Eddie Murphy. I don't even want to get into it anymore. Okay. So <laughs> Moving that's, right that's, along. That's it, that's it for the segment, guys. All right, everybody. Hello again. Um, so this time around, we're going to be talking about Dave Chappelle's controversy. <laughs> Um, this is a closer con controversy, the most recent controversy towards Dave Chappelle. Um, it's surrounding around his new recent Netflix comedy special, right? Comedy? Oh, comedy mm -hmm. special. Um, I don't know. This, I don't know. <laughs> what I'm going to say is going to be disturb disturbing. So disclaimer, if anybody doesn't want to listen to this part, you don't have to, but... Ms. Cody, would you like to take the wheels and talk about it? Yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, Dave Chappelle has always been a shock value type comedian. His stuff is is pretty much, I don't know, it's, it's very, very controversial from beginning to end. Um, and the recent one, The Closer, I haven't seen it yet. Um, I've I seen have. everything it's, up until then. It's pretty, like... How do I explain it? Like, the way he just talks about, like, trans people and queer people is very disturbing because, like, 
you would think like I get it like comedians are comedians but what he said in like that special like really left me left the like remark with me like how he is as a person like it just it really showed me his true intention and his true colors because it's like damn like I really grew up watching this guy and like now since I'm like what, 17 8 turning 18 like damn he this is who he is this is who he stands for like it, it just doesn't represent him as a good person so I don't know it's a shame though because his comedy is just Amazing. legendary. When he was here um, in Boston, I think tickets were like three hundred dollars to see him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really wanted to see him because he's he's hilarious. Like his his um, catalog, his movies, <laughs> his specials, um, TV shows that he's guest starred on. Everything it has been amazing and hilarious. Um, just the way that he talks, just the way that he acts. Um, and you never, I don't know, like you never really know a person, but then when his opinions about people come out in his comedy, it hurt, it almost like hurt me. Yes, it did. I, it, was, it was very upsetting or disheartening. I was like, damn, like I didn't think he'd be like that, you know? You thought the guy would be have at least some type of human decency, but no. Right. Most like, of these comedians don't. No. Don't like most of these comedians we're gonna be talking about, like disclaimer, we're gonna be talking about them in like a negative way. I'm gonna try to talk to them talk about them in a positive way, but it's but they are it's all hard. Like that. It's hard to because mm-hmm. for example, um Eddie Murphy, Dave Chappelle, like Richard Pryor. Pryor. Like, there's just so many of these comedians that just, I don't know, they don't leave a good remark for themselves. The resumes for them, (laughs) assholes. Yeah, that's, yeah, this is use that word, assholes. (laughs) And it's not just, it's not just African American comedians. There are a slew, a slew of, of white comedians and other ethnicities and backgrounds Uh, they just it's comedy in itself is supposed to be like it's supposed to go to the heart yes it's supposed to bring to light the stuff that's good and bad and in between um but Chappelle because he's so recent this stuff happened the closer was in October Mm -hmm. um he's always made some um kind of like transphobic homophobic remarks in the past but this is this just blew up Oh, yeah, this was like what, 20. When was it? 20. October. Last October. The last closer. O- yeah, yeah, last October, my fault, guys. <laughs> yep. Um, so, what I'm going to read out to you guys is a quote from an article. I think I have. Well, yeah, I'm going to just read it. Um, so, he was open to meeting with the LGBT community, uh, what community? Employees, my fault. <laughs> Employees of the company who are critical for the special, right? And he was saying he was saying that he's not gonna bend to anybody's demands, not their proposals to like fix anything like what he had to say, like what he had to say on the um, closer, like any of like any of the stuff that like hurt them in some type of way. And what I think, what I think is, yeah, he didn't care. What I think is that he didn't take them seriously enough. Like, I don't think. In, 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 for example, like society as a whole doesn't take trans queer people seriously because like if everybody if you want everybody involved, they should have we should have everybody like not just oh you you can't be you can't be gay you can't 
can't be queer. You can't be trans. You can't be this, that, that. That's just cr- like you're just crossing the borderline. Like you're crossing a line. Mm-hmm. You should be open to have everybody around and surround them. Like I get it. Like if you if you don't like believe what they what they believe in, that's okay. But saying remarks like that, uh, that's bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a bad look, man. Absolutely. I don't know. And and for me, like, I don't have anything against none of that stuff. Like, I think people should be proud of that. Like, you're, like, people should be proud of who they are. Mm-hmm. Like, you shouldn't, shouldn't have to, like, hide your, shouldn't be, you shouldn't have to hide who you like or this, da, 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 et cetera. It's, it's you. Then don't let anybody stop you from doing that. Anybody. Exactly. All's my life I has to fight, nigga All's my life I Hard times like yeah Bad trips like yeah Nazareth, I'm fucked up, homie, you fucked up But if God got us, then we gon' be alright Nigga, we gon' be alright Nigga, we gon' be alright We gon' be alright Do you hear me? Do you feel me? We gon' be alright Uh, and when I wake up, I recognize you looking at me for the pay cut Bahamas, I be looking at you from the face down One Mac 11 even boom with the face down Skimming, and let me tell you about my life Painkillers only put me in a twilight With pretty pussy and Benjamin is the highlight Now tell my mama I love her, but this what I like, Lord knows Twenty of them in my Chevy, tell them all to come and get me Reaping everything I sow, so my karma come in heaven No preliminary hearings on my record I'm a motherfucking gangster in silence for the record uh. Tell the world I know Main issues with Richard Pryor's controversy. Well, um, this guy, uh, Richard Pryor, he, um, another, another black comedian that didn't give a damn <laughs> anybody's ideals or anything or just nothing at all. Um, so one of the big ones uh, was at um, the Hollywood Bowl. <sighs> Pryor's remark on the Hollywood Bowl was very disregarding to queer people. And in a disrespectful manner, especially. This event happened in September 18th, 1977. So Pryor took stage to the Hollywood Bowl. Less than 15 minutes later, Pryor ended up asking the audience to kiss my rich, happy, black... Yeah, I'm not gonna... You you get the point. I'm not gonna say that word. But a bunch of people were like... Very, 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 very upset with um, that remark because what he was trying to say was very disrespectful towards them. And eventually, you know, prior just didn't care. Like, he was impulsive, merciless, like, he all of, all the above. Like, he didn't care, you know. And, like, what, what altered, like, his career, like, for Richard Bride, that moment right then and there, I swear. Because not only did he go on the stage and tell thousands on thousands of people knowing probably half of his audience were queer or or straight anything he just he didn't care and this controversy is very 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 negative i it's disturbing to even look i can't even i can't describe it in words <laughs> but disregarding on that basically he 
I don't know. He was... He did pave the way for black comedians. He was... He had... I think he was on Superman 3, right? Mm-hmm. He was on Superman 3. He got paid more. He got... Oh, yeah. Christopher Reeve, the, the star. The star. <laughs> um, it, it, yeah. I don't know. It's just... Um, he... He did pave the way for black comedians. I'll give him that. I'll I'll give him some credit for that. Anything else? No, I don't. I don't like the man. I don't know. Growing up listening to him, it was it was hard. It was hard. Ten year old ten year old Matt listening to Richard Pryor's remarks on queer people. Yeah, it was it was not it was not a good look. What he stood for, what he stand by uh, for black people was uh, it was questionable. He died in what two thousand ten. It was early. It was 2008, maybe? 2008? I think. Hold on, let's look. Wait, I have it somewhere. It was 2005. 2005. No, you don't have to. You don't have, yeah, all right. You don't got it. You don't have to do all that. Um, he, he, yeah, he was a comedian, actor, and writer. You know, he... Man, he... He was a good storyteller, though. Mm-hmm. Um... But yeah, he just know he was a douchebag like all the other <laughs> comedians. <laughs> well, I think half the time he was either on on drugs or oh yeah, abusing he was. Alcohol. He was abusing alcohol. Right. He and then and then the Hollywood Bowl. He also um, I think he had what, what, what's the word? Freak. Um, he like collapsed. I think I think he had what was it? Woody OD. Yeah, he OD'd. Oh. Like he he like was on stage talking to them like right as he was about to finish he just. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's, that's it for Richard Pryor. Um, yeah, we're going to get into more stuff after this. So enjoy. Hey, what's up? This is Tajay of the Mighty Souls of Mischief Crew. I'm chilling with my man Festo. My man ain't blessing my man. Oh, you know he's dope. Yeah. And right now, you know, we're just maxing in the studio. We're hailing from East Oakland, California. And um, sometimes it gets a little hectic out there. But right now, you know, we're going to love you on how we just chill. Folks, hello. This is me, Matt. I'm here with my special guest, Mr. Ikeda. It's me. You know what? You know who it is? It's, uh... So, question four. Why does black comedy correlate with society? What do you think on that, Mr. Ikeda? So, what, in this, why does black comedy correlate with... How are we using the word correlate? Like... I mean, how does it connect? Yeah, how does it connect? Yeah, well... I, let, let me let me take this question and kind of uh, twist it a little bit into an into a somewhat like a parallel but an alternative form. Uh, if we think about the the role that black comedy plays in society, yeah. right? Um, there's a there are I think uh, if you're going to try and evaluate the role that black comedy plays in society, the critical question is is audience, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think historically. 
black comedies played two parallel roles in society, one of which is uh, for a predominantly black audience and one is for a predominantly non-black audience. Yeah. For a predominantly non-black audience, yeah. the, uh, like, particularly black stand-ups have done a, a kind of incredible job of uh, being able to broach subjects and talk yeah, about things any, that are... Yeah, right, anything. And stuff that is taboo, stuff that is controversial, but package it in a way that feels like people can engage with it in a way that makes them feel safe and yeah. um, and I mean this is uh, invaluable right it's in that sense you know you think about yeah I mean someone like Richard Pryor uh, oh, yeah. he, he, he was I don't know like at times like prior like for example prior Dave Chappelle Eddie Murphy all of those comedians like I feel like they knew what they were doing, but the way they did it was very, very controversial. Like, stuff that they would say about other people was very disturbing. And, like, you know, as a black comedian, I feel like they can get away with that to a certain extent. I don't know. Like, it... it well, I think what they're, they're oftentimes able to... Because it's comedy and you're mm. in it for the fun and the laughter, it can be possible for people to... Like a, com- a black comedian can sort of like walk up to a subject that if it was a regular conversation or if it was a political speech or something else, people would be spooked by. And I'm, in this case, specifically thinking about non-black audiences. Um, so I, I know, for example, like uh, growing up, my friend group, which was predominantly uh, Asian Americans, yeah. uh, when Chappelle show was on and mm-hmm. I was in like middle school, right? Um, you know, a lot of those sketches actually provided, you know, they, not only were they funny, but they provided a sort of way of thinking and talking about race at a, mm-hmm. at a time when it was not something we really knew what to do with. And the thing is, as a, a social group that was predominantly non-black, yes. it, it, it on the one hand attuned us to anti-black racism, but also, again, gave us some language and, and ways of thinking about and framing our own experience as like raced people mm-hmm. in the United States. Um, now, I will say it's not... Uh, well, okay, so we're going to put that for now. <laughs> the other side of this is, yeah. you know, what does it do for... What does black comedy do for predominantly black audiences? And, yeah. f- and for that, I think that the creation of a space for the sharing of... Uh, sh- like, or the communication of shared experiences. Yes. Um, it, it, it's almost like the role of, uh, like, a seminar speaker or something where you can, you can get on stage and you can mm-hmm. uh, kind of not just commiserate with people, but you can, you can frame uh, issues in a certain way and then sort of yeah. collectively advance people's thinking, right? Because, you, like, you're, you're in a very public space. Right. You can talk about, like, Any, difficult things. Anything. Anything that comes up to mind, like, yeah, I agree with that. But not even merely an- anything, like things, like particularly things that are difficult to talk about in public because of the medium of comedy. Mm-hmm. You can you can talk through things that you, you wouldn't normally, let's say, put it this way, in, in regular situations, you wouldn't get very far in a conversation about, you know, a given yeah. topic. But in comedy, because it's through a bit, and you can do callbacks, whatever, you can push quite far. Quite far. Right? Uh, da- down whatever path you want, you want to go yeah, down. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I think, like, those two things, those two sort of roles that, that black comedy plays, uh, that's kind of often how I think about it, but then that's also where you start running into into the uh some of the problems yeah the problems that come with it Uh, yeah yeah well put i'm shoot (laughs) you you did that and that's it for this segment
Folks, hello. This is me, Matt. I'm here with my special guest, Mr. Ikeda. It's me. You know what? You know who it is? It's, uh... So, question four. Why does black comedy correlate with society? What do you think on that, Mr. Ikeda? So, what, in this, why does black comedy correlate with... How are we using the word correlate? Like, I mean, how does it connect? Yeah, how does it connect? Yeah, well... I, let let me let me take this question and kind of uh, twist it a little bit into an into a somewhat like a parallel but an alternative form. Uh, if we think about the the role that black comedy plays in society, yeah. right? Um, there's a there are I think uh, if you're going to try and evaluate the role that black comedy plays in society, the critical question is is audience, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think historically. Black comedies played two parallel roles in society, one of which is uh, for a predominantly black audience and one is for a predominantly non-black audience. Yeah. For a predominantly non-black audience, yeah. the, uh, like, particularly black stand-ups have done a, a kind of incredible job of uh, being able to broach subjects and talk yeah, about things any, that are... Yeah, right, anything. Ex- and stuff that is taboo, stuff that is controversial, but package it in a way that feels like people can engage with it in a way that makes them feel safe and um and i mean this is uh invaluable right it's in that sense you know you think about yeah i mean someone like richard pryor uh he he was i don't know like at times like prior like for example prior dave Chappelle, eddie murphy all of those comedians like i feel like they knew what they were doing, but the way they did it was very, very controversial. Like, stuff that they would say about other people was very disturbing. And, like, you know, as a black comedian, I feel like they can get away with that to a certain extent. I don't know. Like, it... it well, I think what they're, they're oftentimes able to... Because it's comedy and you're mm-hmm. in it for the fun and the laughter, it can be possible for people to... Like a, com- a black comedian can sort of like walk up to a subject that if it was a regular conversation or if it was a political speech or something else, people would be spooked by. And I'm, in this case, specifically thinking about non-black audiences. Um, so I, I know, for example, like uh, growing up, my friend group, which was predominantly uh, Asian Americans, yeah. uh, when Chappelle's show was on and mm-hmm. I was in like middle school, right? Um, you know, a lot of those sketches actually provided, you know, they, not only were they funny, but they provided a sort of way of thinking and talking about race at a, mm-hmm. at a time when it was not something we really 
knew what to do with. And the thing is, as a, a social group that was predominantly non-black, yes. it, it, it on the one hand attuned us to anti-black racism, but also again gave us some language and, and ways of thinking about and framing our own experience as like raced people mm-hmm. in the United States. Um, now I will say it's not, uh, well, okay, so <laughs> for now, for now. the other side of this is, yeah. you know, what does it do for, what does black comedy do for predominantly black audiences? And, yeah. f- and for that, I think that the creation of a space for the sharing of, uh, sh- like, or the communication of shared experiences. Yes. Um, it, it, it's almost like the role of, uh, like a seminar speaker or something where you can, you can get on stage and you can, mm-hmm. uh, kind of not just commiserate with people, but you can you can frame uh, issues in a certain way and then sort of yeah. collectively advance people's thinking, right? Because, you, like, you're, you're in a very public space. Right. You can talk about, like, Any, difficult things. Anything. Anything that comes up to mind, like, yeah, I agree with that. But not even merely an- anything, like things, like particularly things that are difficult to talk about in public because of the medium of comedy. Mm-hmm. You can you can talk through things that you, you wouldn't normally, let's say, put it this way, in, in regular situations, you wouldn't get very far in a conversation about, you know, a given yeah. topic. But in comedy, because it's through a bit, and you can do callbacks, whatever, you can push quite far. Quite far. Right? Uh, d- down whatever path you want, you want to go yeah. down. So, I, yeah, I think, like, those two things, those two sort of roles that, that black comedy plays, uh, that's kind of often how I think about it, but then that's also where you start running into into the uh some of the problems yeah the right? problems that come with it uh, right. yeah I, yeah well put i'm <laughs> shoot <laughs> you you did that and that's it for this segment question four why is black comedy so important i'm gonna let mr i it up on this <laughs> so i, I mean uh, this is i think um, similarly to thinking about the role black comedy plays, actually, hold on, let me let me let me back this up here. Okay. Right. Um, when you ask the question, why is black comedy important? The first thing I think of is, okay, well, comedy in general is important is because important. It, it, it and and comedy can play sort of the role that I was talking about, where you can you can um, have people in a public setting and in a place that feels sort of safe and also fun and exciting, mm-hmm. you can talk through or think through complicated issues. But then your question is very fascinating because it forces us to, to ask the, the, the sort of related question, yeah. what, what makes black comedy, comedy black comedy? comedy? That's a good right? question. Like, and in what sense is black comedy a sort of distinct thing from, let's just say, like, you know, stand-up or, yeah. or whatever? Um, and... I don't know. What do you think about that? Like, well, what I think is why it's so important. Well, okay, let's take it like this. So let's say your audience is black, right? You have all these people that you can gravitate to. You know, I feel like it can relate to, like, black people because not only is it a black comedian, all those people surrounding that or the audience can somehow take that, whatever, whatever the comedian is bringing up, the black comedian, can somehow correlate it and relate back to it, like if that if that makes somewhat sense. Right. I don't know, but like at the same time, it's like, but well, what does that mean? That's what I'm trying to get. Well, at. I, I I guess 
Um, again, like if, if you dig into this by way of comparison, think about other kinds of... So t- take the idea of a black comedian with a black audience, right? Yes. Or predominantly black audience. Yes. What are other kinds of spaces where you have that kind of dynamic, like a black performer performing mm-hmm. for a black audience? audience? You know, and you can think about... Like it's, it's actually interesting to, to, to parse, right? So like what are some other settings where you see mm-hmm. something like that that's not comedy? Yeah, that's not... Uh, that's... <laughs> right, and, and, and I think when you nail that down, you can then run back to the question, okay, so then what is it about the medium of comedy in that setting where you have, like, a black person on the stage uh-huh. commanding the attention, but also that black, black audience, and that they're speaking to that black audience, right? And I mean, I, I think, I don't know, my brain goes into a bunch of different directions, but one, one thing I'm thinking about, too, is, this is a whole other sort of component, but, mm-hmm. you know, what what also of a black comic talking to a black audience which is then filmed and which anybody can watch mm-hmm. at home including you know your, Any, your yeah. right? you could be a, a sort of all white family watching, watching a, black a black comedian, comedian talk to a black, black audience. audience and like yeah that that creates yeah, like a you know a, in, in between like a distance like a what's the word I'm looking for <laughs> a rift of one side and the other side oh a white family and the documentary or film or whatever is different because it's a white family watching it. Right, and, and the thing is that you know, people who are performers, they modulate what they're doing on the basis of audience, and mm-hmm. there's certain things which, you know, you, yeah, I mean, you, 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 you tailor your performance to your audience. And the yeah. thing is, we, we don't want to, like, essentialize these things, uh, which is uh, something that, you know, we've talked about in class, and we, we don't want to run into that problem. But I will say, I think comedy is... Like, one of the things that makes comedy such an interesting medium for dealing with issues of racism is the fact that it is fundamentally an entertainment genre, right? Yes. Like, And I think people, like, like you know how, like, a lot of young people, mm-hmm. uh, when they talk about, um, when they use the word politics, a lot of people oh. are very turned off yeah, by the word like, politics. Oh, politics, I don't want to get into that. Yes. Because it's a certain type of debate that's going to make somebody feel some sort of type of way or, like, you try to meet this criteria of oh oh this da 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 etc. Right. It's gonna make somebody not I don't know about everybody, but it's gonna make one particular person feel some type of way, no matter what it is, whatever you're talking and, about. And right, and that's the thing is that it's it's just the word. Yes. Right. It doesn't matter actually. What, I mean, it does, what you're talking about actually doesn't really matter yeah. because you've and think about another word, right? Mm-hmm. Politics, activist, activism, same thing. These are very loaded terms, right? That like. Uh, people have strong either attachments to or strong aversions yeah. to for whatever reason. But the thing about comedy is that you don't have the same kinds of hang-ups, and so you get a situation where you might have someone who would, like, if, if we walked into a class and they said, hey, we're going to talk about, um, you know, politics and we're talking yeah. about racism, they would walk away, but you say, hey, watch this comedy special or something. Mm-hmm. And even if, you know, I'm, I'm thinking specifically about the ways that uh, something like Chappelle Show, I would imagine, probably mm-hmm. went a long way in in helping a lot of uh, non non black people to have a better understanding of specifically anti black racism. Yes. But people who would not have been able to like hear that message in a different in a different context, in mm-hmm. one that was explicitly political. Yes. Right? I feel like that's the thing. Things like that is gonna like it's gonna captivate and grab people in mm-hmm. certain like on a certain topic, and that's the thing. Like I don't. Me personally, I hate talking about politics because, like, I don't want to, like, like you know, it doesn't have to be anything. Like, it could just be politics in general, and like, it's gonna make somebody in the room feel some type of way. It doesn't matter, no matter what word I'm talking about or 
who I'm talking about, at the end of the day, somebody is going to feel some type of way. Like, well, but I, I, would, I would push back and see. I wonder if you don't like it or if it's something that you feel anxiety about. Because I've seen you talk yeah. about what we can call politics yeah. and you light up and you, you unfold like, like, you know, you're like, and, and you have this energy about you, right? But what I see is the lead in. Yeah. Right. It's that that. So so it might be that this is what I'm getting at. That like the politics, activism, these things give people a sense of apprehension. Like, oh, it's getting solemn. It's getting serious. I don't want to go there. But once you're there, whatever opens that door to you, Mm -hmm. you open up. It's like, how do I describe it? I me personally, I don't like talking about politics. I can talk about politics. It's just like I'm thinking about other people, how they're feeling. Like I'm taking like how like how are they going to feel about this when I talk about it? You know, right? You right, know right. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, yeah, I can sit here and debate about whatever, who, president, this, da, 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 and a third, or what's going on in the world. But it's like, at the end of the day, I'm going to make sure everybody in the room is on the same page and doesn't feel some type of way. So that's why I like lean back a little bit from the conversation. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. I might say something a little bit. Uh, somebody doesn't want to hear this or that and the third. So. But isn't isn't it the case that it's working through that sort of discomfort with other people that gets you to learning? Right. And so like this is this is the thing is that there are so many things which if you could just advance the conversation a little bit further with people through that discomfort, Mm -hmm. you would get really profound learning. But wow. a lot of times when it's just we're having a politics, de- you know, a, God, debate. A, a debate, right? Like, or the, whatever it is, you know, like that kind of stuff, you, you're only ever going to get to the very surface level because people are so apprehensive. But that's the thing about comedy, that it, it allows, allows you, you to push through those moments. Barriers, right? yes. Exactly. You know? Through those walls, yes, I agree, yes. And you know what else is cool about comedy is that the, when you're designing a bit, mm-hmm. part of, I mean, this is not true universally, but part of designing a bit is like creating little discomforts for people to sit in. Mm-hmm. And what they know is the punchline's coming, there's going to be a payoff. <laughs> there's going to be a payoff, right? So you'll sit there and go, I feel really uncomfortable right now, like this is weird, but I know I'm going to laugh, mm-hmm. so I'll sit with it. You never get that if yeah. you say, "Hey, do you want to have like a debate about?" You know that doesn't happen. It just, it right? just happens. So it's worth thinking about, like not even just what kind of things we're talking about or topics, but 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 the ways that we relate to, like if you if you like the medium yes. or the genre, okay, right? Yeah. Uh, and and I think if we are willing to play with genre a little bit more, we can we can actually get places uh, with. The same group of people might feel sort of uncomfortable with talking about something. There's actually a way to have that conversation, but you've got to think about it. And we may have to tweak your approach. Yeah, like, right? like look at it differently. Yeah, I guess yes. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, I, it's just, I, for me, growing up watching Dave Chappelle, even though I should shouldn't be watching it when I was 10, 9 years old. It was, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it, it was interesting. Like, the bits, the scripts, like, all the parts that he was doing, all those movies, it intrigued me. It was like, ah, I'm going to watch Dave Chappelle, Mom. She's like, what? What? You're watching Dave Chappelle? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, yeah. And it was like, you know, he curses. They're like, he's funny, but you can't. I'm like, well, I'm not doing that. So <laughs> Right, right, right. And, so, you, you know, I mean, this, this is an interesting segue into thinking about some of these, some of the issues that come up with, I mean, and Dave, let's take Dave Chappelle as an example, right? So mm-hmm. he obviously got a flack, a lot of flack for his, like, transphobic comments. Oh. And the, right? And, I mean, yeah. the, the thing that I, I find this really interesting because, you know, um, I think one of the reasons why uh, a lot of times comedians are, are like, pe- people really hone in on what comedians say, for, and not for, not for bad reason, mm-hmm. but I think the reason why also has to do with genre. Yes. Because if you, if you cast yourself as, like, 
I am a truth teller who is in a business where I am allowed to truth tell and mm. it's like funny, then you are setting yourself up for like you are declaring your credibility. And so when you say something really messed up, right? Yes. Like, like it, it, it's actually like, I mean, I think a lot of comedians resent this because they're, you know, they, they really want to uh, like be able to sort of do whatever they want. And I, I, I understand the impulse there. Mm. But I think that if you're someone who you make your living by framing yourself as like a, a kind of, um, I, I'm someone who's, who's going to like, te- you know, tell, tell like it is in the society. Yeah. You also have to be accountable for when you say like messed up things yes. <laughs> or when you're wrong, right? Like uh, it's really important. But I think we, we just don't have a way of, of talking about that in a, in a sophisticated way. And like the thing with Dave Chappelle's controversy, it was just like I remember watching it. I think it was what, last year? This happened? There's been a couple of different ones. Yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah, the closer, the recent one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, yeah. one about yeah. Yeah. trans people, queer people. Like, honestly, like that, for me as a 17 year old, like having to hear what he said about that, it was just like, wow, damn. Like, I grew up watching you. Like, I idolized you damn near. And, like, this is what you have to say about people. Like, hey, like. That's tough. It's like, <laughs> it's it, it is tough. It's a, it's a hard. <laughs> yeah pill to swallow it's like oh wow okay he really said that and he meant that you know it's like i think if you want everybody involved i think you should there shouldn't be a boundary towards that there should be more like for example trans people queer people those people should be able to put in whatever they have to put in and say whatever they have to say right like you shouldn't shut them down just because of what they believe in and who they stand for as a person well, and, and, I, I mean, and I, I, I agree. And, and again, I think when you think about the, like, the conventions of the genre of comedy, yeah. like what, what it is to be a comedian, if you are going on stage and your thing is like, I'm, I'm speaking in a society that, that is like repressed, uh, doesn't talk about some things, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell, tell it like it is, I'm going to yeah. be real with you. Like if that's how you're framing what you're doing, you like it's not acceptable. It's not to 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 try to like to do, do that, yeah, and it, then to be like uh, attacking community of people or like I mean I just it, it's it is I don't know there 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 is a really heavy responsibility that I think again a lot of comedians resent. Oh yeah, resent they, that, but but it's that's it's, part of it's the truth. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and again, like your power as a comedian comes from that station where you say you're a truth teller. Yeah, so it has to be. There, there has, has yeah. to be some. There has to be an in between. There's a line that you shouldn't cross, like. It, or you, you know, you should be doing something with. I mean, look, this this is. I don't want to show my hand too much, but like, yeah, I no, believe no. I believe in like, like if I, I I believe in like sort of politically committed art, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're gonna make art that is trying to make a change in the world, I'm like that. That's what interests me, right? Yeah. Like what Cedric does, but. Um, Amazing man. But, but, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. but 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 I think this is like th- that. That is an example where you can't, on the one hand, say, "Hey, this this genre is important because of of that." Yeah. But then also say, "It doesn't really matter what I say, though." Exactly. Right. Like it you can't. You, it, it doesn't. Can't be both, right. Yeah. It right? doesn't. It doesn't make sense, and that's the thing. Like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> like with all these comedians, like Dave Chappelle, Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, Raw. Oh my God. It was, oh yeah. Oh, that was. Yeah. <sighs> that was that was difficult watching. Oh my god! But it, what really like what I'm really getting away from this is like, damn. All these comedians are basically kind of the same. If you mm. really think about it, like they say they say untouchy to- topics. They bring up things that black comedians can bring up, or uh, other like other comedians can't really bring up, but they try to bring it up, and they don't take accountability for it. It's like, uh, no. Nah. 
that happened. Uh, whatever. It's like, oh, well, when the press and people start pressing you, society, you just back off. Right. And it's like, come on. There yeah. is, you know, there is something interesting here, though, because I think with Chappelle, um, like, he, so Chappelle had a bit in the early 2000s where he talked about the ways that black celebrities were much more highly scrutinized than white yeah. celebrities, which is, is true, it right? It is true. And so, like, there's another element here, which is that I think he is particularly sensitive to the ways, and, you know, this has been true for a long time, but he's very sensitive to the ways that he's, he's portrayed, the way he's, he's thought about. And I understand, actually, the, like, his... Um, you know, very intense sort of defensiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand, like, a lot of comedians' defensiveness about about their art form and, like, you know, the sort of, like, rule, whatever, the sort of, like, conventions of speech around it, whatever. But I think maybe another part of the problem, then, is the ways that we as audience members, um, when we have an experience of seeing someone on a stage yeah. say something that's, like, really profound, and we're like, wow, we, 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 like we celebrate these people in a way that makes them sort of more, uh, like, I don't know, we make them into these heroes. Yeah, idolize and then, them. Yeah. yeah, and then you, like, like any time you make a hero, you sort of, you get let down, and, and we become very invested in yeah. them being sort of yeah, perfect. Yeah. But, but, but what, what the question for I, I would ask is, well, what about us, though, right? What do uh, we take away from watching, away? you know, you watch Raw, so, okay, you walk away and go, ugh, but, like, what are you, so now where are you at? Right. Well, for me, perspective, like from my point of view, it's like, well, I'm looking at this in, from the video or differently now. Like, I'm thinking differently about that person. Like my my perspective on that certain um, comedian has changed because the words that they were saying or whatever that might have disappointed me and made me feel some type of way. That's what right. I think. But other people they can sit there and laugh, and I mean, if and it's like. You can sit there and have a good laugh and anything, but it's like, damn, that shows me your true intent. Well, not your true intentions, but your true colors. Like, you really think that's right, and that and that doesn't sit right with me in my stomach and my gut. It's Absolutely, like, it's like, damn, you, know, you can't. Like, there's no in between. It's either it's messed up or it's not. But let's see. Like, take that, uh-huh. and I hear that. Now add something else in, right? Which is again, what about you? Right, so you say what has changed is your opinion of the performer, and that's valid yeah. and valuable. But also, if you, for example, you hear Dave, you, know, you see this controversy of like Dave Chappelle like saying all these transphobic things in the special. Shouldn't that also uh, inspire us or push us to fight for transphobia right. in our society? Yes. Right, to sort of make the world a, a, a safer a and a place. better and a kinder place for trans and queer people. Like that—that th- that is the essential work, and part of part of what I get a little nervous about is when we, our primary hang-up is like, how do we morally class or or like place these heroes of ours, mm-hmm. and who is who's a hero who's fallen, rather than like, okay, hey, that's messed up, and uh, that is a reflection of uh, problems in our society which need to be addressed immediately, mm-hmm. well outside of just this comedy special, but like you know, particularly when you're talking about transphobia, like you're looking at. Um, a circumstance that is defined in many ways by uh, yeah. violence and exclusion, and so there there is like really necessary political work, mm-hmm. right? Uh, to and, and and social work to be done uh, in the present, and I would I would almost want that to be the primary takeaway rather than like the entire debate being sent or the entire conversation being centered yeah, on like how do we that. think about this person, right? Uh, like, because at the end of the day, you know, 
Dave Chappelle is a millionaire. Oh, yeah. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter what... Like, does anyone care what Mr. I thinks about anybody? No. <laughs> not even my students care what I think about... Like, I, but, do. <laughs> I do. I do. If you guys are hearing that, I do. But, okay. but, I, but right. I, I think that there is definitely, like, there's something valuable about us thinking about how, how does, like... You can talk about how a, a comedy special you liked yeah. made you a better person, person or made you feel more included. So what, what about something that you didn't, didn't like, like that can also have that impact on you, uh, right? Yes. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. Well, I think that was, that was... Maybe did it. Do you have anything to say about the podcast? Uh, no, I just I do want to point out here you got uh, Dick Gregory on there. I oh yes, that. great uh, man! Yeah. I oh my god, I did my um, bit on him, my part. <sighs> Amazing man. Um, but yeah, that's I think that's it, folks. Um, you sure you don't have anything to say to? Well, uh, well, hello, hello <laughs> to the listener at home. Uh, it's great to be talking directly to you, whoever you are. This is for you, especially we made this for you. I'm not going to say your name because you know who you are. Uh, no, but I, 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 I think he, – look, here's, here's the deal. Here's my kind of takeaway from this. Um, this – like our assessment and thinking about black comedy, I think there's two primary things we should take away. Yes. One is the, the sort of central role of uh, arts that we oftentimes class primarily as entertainment. Yeah. In – being able to advance important like social and political work, right? Cool. That like it's not it's not merely like something. I mean, again, like we like we learned at the Harlem Renaissance, thinking yes. about painting or painting, music, music, you know. jazz, poetry, yeah, right? Like these things play a role in society, and so I think we need to like be you know that's something we should we should think about. Be these aware are, these of. are not yeah. Yes. And for you know for every person out there who who kind of in in some way doesn't feel like the arts like matter mm-hmm. if there's anyone out there still who believes that <laughs> like yeah, you know it, it, like no, I, I i think i think uh we need to i'm speaking particularly to the parents who are dissuading their children from from studying the arts <laughs> right? like, i think we need to be like serious about valuing those things yeah. and the other thing is oh. i think we need to to have a real like we are in a moment where our culture of hero worship needs to be evaluated but where I again, like I said before, I think that we need to reevaluate our, our culture of hero worship by thinking about us as regular people in the world mm-hmm. and not just about determining like not just having a take yes. on a thing. Oh, I have a take on this movie, I have a take like, but but thinking about like how we as people exist in the world, the things we do, the things we value, how we treat each other, and have that be more the center of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, we can have our takes, but that's not what we should be uh, focusing, focusing all on, of our attention yes. and time on, right? Uh, I, I suppose that's that's how I feel. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's it, folks. I hope you guys enjoyed that bit, that segment. Um, that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> and have a good day and enjoy. What's happening, everybody? It's me, Matt, again with my co-host. Hi, it's Ms. Cody. How's it going? <laughs> um, what are we going to be? Oh, we're going to be talking about Dick Gregory and two questions today to wrap up the podcast. Um, Dick Gregory was an outstanding man. Um, he was a trailblazer. He was... He was the stepping stone for black comedians, right? He was the first. Yeah, he, yeah, he was, was the original. Original first. Yeah, he was the first black comedian to go on clubs, 
shows, TV shows, movies, all stuff like that. So, and he wasn't. It wasn't where like black comedians like they were taught to, or they were only allowed to sing and dance. Um, yes. And he said uh, they weren't allowed to stand flat-footed and talk to white folks, which is what a comic does. And he was the trailblazer. He um, he he kind of set people off though because like think about it like they haven't had black comedians and then all of a sudden this guy shows up and starts talking about racism in the united states right so you have the you have the um people are just up in arms and they're freaking out yes because they're like, who is this guy? Where is he coming from? Who's he to tell us that there's racism in the United States? It's like, well, <laughs> it obviously is in the 50s, you know? Yeah. And he was a political activist. Mm-hmm. And he protested against the Vietnam War. And was it for mm-hmm. racial injustice? Yeah, mm-hmm. racial injustice. Mm-hmm. And he was a vegetarian. Vegetarian? <laughs> yeah. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't imagine trying to be a vegetarian for a day. I couldn't do it. Maybe, Even in the 50s, though. <laughs> like, like, not eating bacon. Oh. Like, Oh, chicken. It's easy. I, it's easy. It is. <laughs> I might have to try one day, maybe. One day? Maybe. One yeah. day. If, if, I, if I ever feel like it. Okay, so that's that's it for Dick Gregory. So now we're going to talk about the origins of African co- comedians and comedy. So what this article talks about is from NPR. Yeah, it talks about like a short history of black comedy and it talks about how back then like you you couldn't really talk about stuff like that. Like, you know, mm-hmm. controversial stuff like Dave Chappelle, Eddie Murphy, you know, all those comedians, they couldn't really talk about that like in the 1600s. They had to either entertain themselves, dance, sing, blah, blah, blah. Like, black comedy wasn't introduced until like 1960. Mm-hmm. With the with the entrance of with, Dick Gregory. Yeah, Dick Gregory. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Racist asthma. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> but um, basically, like, what Africans did back then, they would dance to, like, their kings or queens. And they it was a tradition back then, too, as well. Like, they didn't... They didn't really have much to say. In the... What was it? The 19th century, they called it minstrel show. Yes. They did. Yeah. Ooh, a minstrel show. What is that? American form of racist entertainment, says Wikipedia. Oh my God. <laughs> but you know how I feel about Wikipedia. Yes, but you we- got NPR in front of you, so yes. let's... <laughs> so then we have, what, two more questions? Mm-hmm. Oh, so... All right, where did it go? Hold on. Where did it go? Well, just a little bit of background while you're searching. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even know what a minstrel show was. I, I kind of saw that in Dick Gregory's bio. Yeah. But it's, um, it depicts people specifically of African descent um, doing comedy skits or dancing, mm-hmm. musical performances, things like that. Um, mm-hmm. And then mostly white people in blackface mm-hmm. for playing the role of oh black God. people. Ugh. Wow, that's... That's wow. wow, that's gross. I'm disgusted. And it like depicted black people as dim-witted, lazy, buffoonish, superstitious, and happy-go-lucky. Oh my! So God. they were completely changed mm-hmm. as this stereotypical view, and not at all. That's like reality. Terrible. And people like you, you think about that. Like people saw these shows, they probably thought, "Oh, that's you know, that's how people are." 
Okay. No, it's not. It's, I think it's that's terrible. just a cover up for, for things like that. Mm hmm. It just shows, goes to show, not a lot of people know a lot of stuff. Right, yeah. It's very small minded. I, shoot, I, me example, I don't know a lot of things. <laughs> That's why we're figuring it out right now, Maddie. <laughs> I can't find this damn question. I don't know where I put it. Where did it, like, I don't know where I put this. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> Technical difficulties, it's okay. <laughs> where did it, where so we did talked it? about the origins. Yes, and then we talked about... What we need to talk about is the two questions, but I think I think I did one of the questions with Mr. Arcade. So mm-hmm. Let me just talk about one of the questions. What did it? Oh, what's so intriguing about black comedians? Oh my God! There we go. That was a question. Mm-hmm. What do you? What's your take on that? Black comedians? I just think that they can say and talk about experiences that somebody like me mm-hmm. cannot. Yes. So it's an interesting like view into their world with any comedian. It's always an interesting view to see like who they are, especially if they're a good storyteller. Um, and if they can tell a joke really well, um, there's also the shock value. Like people love the shock value. People love train wrecks. And half the time comedians, when they tell jokes, it's like, it is a literal train wreck, mm-hmm. but it's hilarious. Um, and the more offensive it is, the more talk there is. It's like there's no such thing as bad press. So mm-hmm. even people like Eddie Murphy and Richard Pryor, even at their worst, mm-hmm. um, with the things that they said, you know, like, oh, yeah. oh my we, God. We don't have to get into No, <laughs> but it's the shock value that got people talking. Yeah. Because they were willing to go on that ledge and just say whatever the heck they wanted, no matter who they were hurting. Mm-hmm. Um, or who they were offending. Mm-hmm. And comedians do that all the time. Even like George Carlin, a white comedian, he would offend so many people. Oh, yeah, he didn't care. No. But some of his stuff was funny. Some of it was spot on. Some of it was totally wrong. But oh, like, yeah. you know, it all, it, it, there's an audience for everything. Oh, oh, yeah. And there's always consequences after your own actions. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. Well, what do you think? I think black comedians are very versatile. That's what's so intriguing about oh, me. Yeah. For, for me, because one, they can talk about anything. Literally, it could be so random and they could just bring it up and somehow still make you laugh. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Um, but that's my take on that. But. but that's it, folks. That's it for the podcast. Do you have anything to say, Miss Cody? No, it's been real, though. It's been awesome. Thank you, Maddie. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) That's from my co-host, Miss Cody. And that's it from your main host, Matt. And I hope everybody has a good day and enjoyed listening to this podcast. Bye-bye. Trauma 